We did it. We did it. Answer Dave Brown. We did it. We did a show late night locked on twins. We said, would the twins sign someone before the new year? And lo and behold, they signed a free agent on Wednesday. Who was it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hang out for just a second. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again, friends. It's Brandon Warren. It's Locked On Twins. You can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And thanks for making not only Locked On Twins your first listen every day, but Brandon Warren and Answer Dave Brown at Answer Dave Brown on Twitter. Dave, how are things this eve? Things are busier than they've been because the Twins have added a player to their 40-man roster, a relief pitcher yeah. formerly of the Royals. Yeah, big news, big news, and we'll hit that momentarily here. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube, and as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. We'd love for you to be active in the comments. We'll do our best to hang out. Plenty of comments on the most recent show, including someone saying that we absolutely nailed the timing of our most recent podcast episode and the subject therein. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Also, quick note, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with your local experts from Locked On, and our national shows, which cover every single league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That includes Locked On Minnesota, our friends over uh, over there. I actually, so Ron Johnson was a wide receiver for the Gophers, and he does the Locked On Minnesota, some Viking stuff, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but I... I actually won an auction for a football card of his. He played briefly in the NFL. And so I'm going to get him to autograph that. So that was uh, that was kind of a fun little find. Our uh, little Christmassy our... moment. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if I can get that autographed. Uh, let's, though, let's just dive right in, Dave Brown. Um, Josh Stelmont gets a big league deal from the Twins. About a million bucks, thereabouts, maybe 950, something like that according to friend of the show, Dan Hayes from The Athletic. Stalmont is coming off thoracic outlet syndrome surgery, which can be the death knell for most people who have it. Phil Hughes famously uh, had it as a twin. His career was never the same after. And a few other guys as well. Now, first and foremost, what do we need to know about Josh Stalmont? He throws really hard. He's, uh, well, I mean, he did before the thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, But presumably he'll be able to throw like that again. Uh, Gets a lot of strikeouts. Um, He's uh, a little bit uh, on the wild side as far as keeping the ball in the zone. But most of his career, he's been pretty consistent at being able to get strikeouts and being able to get outs. His uh, uh, kind of the the one uh, outlier was, you know, he didn't, he only pitched like 20 innings last year and 
had the injury and had surgery, I want to say, in July, which should give him enough time to recover. You think? Uh, he's only going on 30 years old. I think he just turned 30 this month, actually. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, the tread isn't too worn on the tires. I'm a little almost surprised. A huh? His birthday was almost a week ago, so good catch there. Oh, right. Um, so I'm, I'm a little surprised that the, the, the Royals, they did seem to sour on him quickly. I'm not sure why that was because his first three years were really productive, especially his 2021 season. So yeah. um, I'm not sure if that means they're kind of worried about the specific nature of the thoracic outlet syndrome surgery that he had there. There are two different kinds. You know, one is a, uh, has to do with the vein and one has to do with something else. And it's a, it's a matter of if, for those who don't know, um, it's, you know, guys who, uh, work out too much or pitchers who throw too much and develop muscle and so forth. And it sort of impinges on, um, tendons and veins and that kind of thing in the shoulder, the shoulder area. Sometimes you have to have like a rib removed or yep. bones removed, or, you know, it's kind of a scary sounding thing to, uh, to get your circulation going. It's kind of a circulation issue. So, um, so the guys who get the thoracic outlet syndrome, there's kind of a wide range of outcomes. I don't think it's necessarily like a, a death knell career, but you mentioned Phil Hughes yep. and uh, Steven Strasburg's probably a yeah. guy who is the most famous uh, recent thoracic outlet dude, uh, and he's kind of in the middle of sort of trying but, to acquire. So, by the way, he's yeah, he's uh, that actually came out today. He's still fighting with the Nationals over money, which uh, I don't know, bad form by the Nationals, if you ask me. But kind of typical for them too. So, uh, you know, I've seen some things like you know, I saw Aaron Gleeman say um, it's not necessarily. Uh, a good thing to see that it, it could be the, 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 a portend of bad things to come. If you look up a couple things about thoracic outlet syndrome, uh, some studies that have been done, I don't know how much gravitas these studies have, sure. but um, it isn't necessarily the end of the road. And like I said, this guy just turned 30. So it is a little curious that the Royals decided to let him go. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know exactly what that means. If that's, something that's going to be like on them or uh, they know something that we don't. So uh, it's an interesting signing for the twins. And uh, he's a, he went healthy. He can be a late inning dude. And it's, so it's not as simple as just unplugging the shoulder and then plugging it back in like an outlet. Um, so that's, that's a real shame. Um, sorry, that did not land. That's a um, terrible, that's a terrible analogy. This is a man's career, but no, it's, I hadn't thought of that joke actually brandon that's pretty funny though it's a little okay. different than that it's sort of like getting in there and uh, messing around with the wire that uh that connects the uh, the outlet to the end of the plug so uh it's a little more complicated than that but as far as outlets go yeah one time i was in college and it, the internet was down because we were in a notoriously poor dorm for that and i told one of the girls um that i had used all the internet and she got real mad so yeah uh not always as simple as it sounds, but um, what role, before we go to our first pause, uh, if you were to kind of approximate his role, like who he'll replace in the bullpen, like on the high end, it might be like Emilio Pagan and on the low yeah. end, just another guy. Is that probably about right? Pagan was the first guy I was thinking of. Stalman's got good stuff. Hit and miss stuff. Of course, this is all, you know, uh, with an asterisk, you know, it's, this is pre-surgery. 
Um, but the kind of guy, you know, uh, a good team would look at it as a, as a luxury, but kind of a good luxury to have in the sixth or seventh inning when there are people on base and you're trying to stop a rally and you need a strikeout. That's the kind of guy that you, you want Stamont to be, you know, you don't, it's uh, I suppose uh, they prefer clean innings just because he does kind of have a little bit of a high walk ratio, but he's a guy that, you know, will kind of, put some, uh, if not fear, some uh, worry into a batter's mind about striking out. So uh, yeah. that's what he's good at. He's the kind of guy that uh, can help the Twins get outs in the middle of a game in a tight situation and a higher leverage than, uh, as at the, uh, than at the end of the game. They have guys for that too. So uh, he, he would be, ideally, that's what he's going to be. I want to circle back to the thoracic outlet for a second here. Uh, Lucas Seehafer, who the, the writing that I have read from him is at Twins Daily, but he is a physical therapist and working on his PhD in kinesiology. Uh, had a couple interesting tweets on this. So he said, thoracic outlet syndrome is a notoriously difficult surgery to return from. Velo and performance decrease significantly following the procedure. However, there's little research differentiating vascular and neurological thoracic outlet. My understanding is that Stamont had the former. Theoretically, the vascular procedure should lend better outcomes, i.e. less velo and performance decreases, because the nerves aren't the structure that was getting pinched. So it frees up the blood vessels and blood flow returns to normal. Nerves control muscles, so outcomes are worse. Um, in layman's terms, it sounds as though he had probably the lesser of two evils of the surgeries, uh, near as I can tell. Lucas does a nice job laying it out. I'm just not that smart. but. Um, no, when you talk about, uh, are you know, are we worried about nerve damage versus? Yeah. And I think I'm kind of over my skis here, but I think nerve damage is where Strasburg lands a little bit more than veins and other guts. Uh, yeah. I think that's one of the, the issues that he's been having, and maybe why he is uh, trying to retire if the Nationals will only let him. Um, so, you know, you can, it's easier, it's, they're bigger. So, you know, it's easier to move muscle and veins around and, uh, than it is to, um, manipulate the nerves. It's just, it's still something, you know, we're, we don't live in the Star Trek times yet when the doctors seem to have all the answers. So that is, uh, if that, if that is indeed true about, uh, Stamont, then that is better news than what the alternative could be. Yeah, and his velo was down, but that's to be expected going into surgery. Let's take a quick second and give some love to our friends at FanDuel. We'll come back. I'll ask you a little bit more about Stalmont because he's got some interesting things in his peripherals that, uh, I mean, something to look at. Again, you sign a guy for a million bucks, he's got another year of control after this if you choose to accept it. Um, there's some things going on under the hood that might be interesting, but first, a message from FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, misery mitigation if you do what I do, which is uh, bet against your team. Then your team wins or you win. And at FanDuel, that's a huge deal right now. It's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and much, much more. And again, $150 if your team wins. It's just a $5 money line bet. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. All right, we're back into the bullpen here with answer Dave Brown. Dave, um, have you had any interactions with Stalmont while you've been yeah. covering? I know his career has been, uh, you know, he's in the, he kind of came up just before the COVID era. And so things have really been jumbled and, and you've moved around a little bit work-wise too. Uh, do you have any inside knowledge, you know, good clubhouse guy, what he's all about? You know, seemed like a good clubhouse guy. I, I had like two interactions with him uh, in longer form interviews and he struck yep. me as very, uh, very thoughtful, a little, a little Zen, uh, not wacky, like uh, life of the party wacky, but uh, somebody who, you know, puts a little bit of extra thought into his answers, you know, whether they, they came out and made a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but I think he's a guy who um, is somebody trying to, you know, find life's answers uh, wherever they might lie and is uh, kind of an interesting guy to talk to in that way. And I would say, um, you know, a guy who's funny, I think most of the conversation that we had, as I recall, was about uh, a willingness and sort of not having a choice, but to uh, to play hurt, to pitch hurt. That was sort of the context of the conversation that, you know, he had yeah. had some other minor injuries before, this was like a year ago or so. I think I talked to him last about it and he had had some minor injuries and he's like, basically, you know, the most of the players that you see out there every day are uh, injured in some form. And it, it is a matter of how much are they able to overcome? How much are they willing to overcome? But, uh, you know, it's sort of like a, an understanding on both sides, so both sides that the teams are going to request that you uh, pitch when you're not at hundred percent and you're going to have to be able to deliver in some form, uh, even if you are not feeling as good as you did, uh, you know, on your 18th birthday. So uh, it's a guy who knows what the business is about uh, and not necessarily in a cynical way, but in a way that um, is kind of realistic. And so, you know, he's a guy that's um, willing to put himself out there, even when he's not hundred percent. And, you know, this is something that the Royals knew coming in. I don't know, you know, I'm not sure like what, uh, you know, how he was leading up to this thoracic outlet injury, uh, right. you know, what his attitude was like as far as that went. I don't know if there was something in it that, um, you know, kind of turned the Royals off. But like I, like I said before, going back to, you know, I'm a little surprised that uh, with, with his stuff that they let him go. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, that seems to uh, have a realistic outlook on, what it takes to be a relief pitcher and he's got really good stuff and we'll see where this leads him next. Yeah. So Fangrass has his salary listed as 950 K for 2024. I don't know if that must be uh formal. Cause I mean, I think John Becker, who we mentioned in the last program is kind of their person who tracks down hunts down contract details. Yeah. So uh, for 950 K it kind of seems like the arm you'd want to kind of arm you'd want to keep around. Uh, twins non-tendered Matt Whistler after a really nice 2020 though. So, um, that it, that's not to say that I, I know more than they do or anything like that. Uh, interesting point you made though, about pitching hurt and making you wonder if, you know, if that attitude led to where he's at right now, but, um, I want to gloss over a couple fun things on his fan graphs, uh, the top of his page, um, the prospects report. So I assume it was probably Eric Longenhagen at the time. 
gave him a 70 fastball. So on the 2080 scale, a 70 curveball and 30 command. Would that pretty much jive with what you've seen from uh, from him? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, he he throws uh, near the, the top of uh, or did throw near the top of uh, human capability. You know, yep. he, he hit 100 miles an hour, had a, had a big bending breaking ball and, and a slider that sometimes he threw for strikes. Um, so, yeah, that uh, that that matches up with, you know, ideally what uh, he was with the Royals in 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 action as opposed to just uh, in possibility. And it says on his graduation that he has had elite stuff since college, but he struggled to harness it all at all into his mid twenties. He did for a stretch in 2020, which was a very good season for him. But if he can do that consistency, he'll be consistently, he'll be Nick Anderson. If not, he's Philippe Oman, which I believe was a pitcher who was traded in the Cliff Lee, Seattle, Philly trade. Yeah. But um, it's kind of funny that Stomont, Stomont, or Stalmont, Stalmont. I feel, I find myself questioning myself. Um, Stalmont and Almont. Uh, literally, it's just S T and then Philippe Almont's last name. I, I think that was probably deliberate. That could be deliberate or just something in the brain leading them to each other. I don't honestly. I don't remember Philippe Almont's uh, stuff and and how it relates to Josh Stomont. Yeah, but it's very possible that they they threw similarly. I remember that Philippe was a prospect. That's really yes. and that's really all I remember about him at this point. It's been a while. So okay, so home runs haven't really been an issue for him. It's all um, the ballpark. He doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't give up a lot of hits. Period. I mean, he's he's good at uh, limiting extra base hits. He's good at not throwing home runs. It's a matter yeah. of can he throw? Does he is he going to throw enough pitches out of the strike zone to walk too many guys to? get you into trouble well so okay home runs per nine 1.86 which is insane but that was 19 and a third innings in his rookie season then we go 0.70 0.82 0.72 0.45 um magic number for me from a reliever is under one uh starters is closer to one two one three but i think you want your relievers probably down under that one mark um again a lot of it's going to have to do with the leverage you put these pitchers into but true. Um, and note, uh, Kansas city, it's hard to hit home runs in Kansas city still. True. It's true. not as hard as it was it used to be. So he was a guy that they, that's probably how they approach. They they're like, Hey, approach it like this. This is Kansas yeah. city. It's really hard for the other guy to hit a home run. All you got to do is throw strikes. It'll probably be an out. So that's probably what they, you know, it's not going to be quite as cut and dried at target field. Yeah. What makes that interesting is his career ground ball rate is 35.5%. For people who don't know, 45 is about average. But in 20 innings this year, 47.9%, so a gigantic spike, almost 17, 18%. Um, I think guys can, in some respects, tailor what they're capable of to their circumstances, whether it's you got a really good outfield defense or good infield defense or you play in Colorado. Um 20 innings is not enough time for it to necessarily stabilize, I don't think. I, I'm not sure how quickly. Maybe it is enough time. But it, it does make me curious if that is something he's got in his back pocket where, um, you know, he added a, uh, he mixed in more sliders at the expense of his curveball. And maybe that's just a classification thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe he's, uh, he's going to try to be a ground ball guy. Uh, you know, Twins target field plays spacious. If Byron Buxton is healthy, they've got a good outfield defense. I think he's in a good spot 
either way, if the ground ball thing is for real or not. And even more uh, to your point, though, was he's a career, like I said, 35.5%, and those home run rates have been low. So he's been able to, whether it's because the K is big and plays ex- expansive, not expensive, never say that about the Royals, um, <laughs> he seems to have figured out how to be a fly ball guy without giving up a bucket load of homers, and I think there's value in that. For sure. it's uh, And it's interesting. We'll see if it is uh... – if his better ground ball rate last year was is was just a blip, whether yeah. it was, and where that had to do with him realizing that his uh, his velocity wasn't where it was or his stuff wasn't, you know, that he was pitching with some kind of injury, and so he had to make an adjustment, or if it's something that he learned irrespective of that. So uh, obviously, right. there's the questions that we that, that will we'll be asked of him later on, but it's uh, it is not a discouraging little bitty stat point. His BABIPs are hysterical, too. So, again, if we're introducing people to these stats, I kind of want to explain a little bit. But it's batting average on balls in play. It helps you normalize, um, you know, what kind of contact a pitcher gives up, where uh, they've had some luck or good or bad. And these are his BABIPs. So 293, perfectly normal. 333, a little high. 236, which is hysterically low. 340, and then 306. What that comes out to is 289 which is perfectly in line with what you'd expect from a big league pitcher. But the circuitous path that he took to get there is uh boy, that's something. Well, it just, it, it, it I, I don't know for a fact that it shows this, but uh, his, his stuff is just, it's so good and varied when it's right that, yeah. uh, you know, hitters are going to try and make those adjustments and sometimes, they're going to do get it. And sometimes they're not. And, uh, but the outcomes are going to be, uh, you know, still related somewhat to how good his stuff is. So even if, uh, you know, the, the batting average on balls and play goes up, you know, maybe the contact, uh, is as, as, as pristine and, you know, you can get outs that way. He's, he's got great stuff. There's lots of indicators that show that he has great stuff. So, um, it's, a, it's an exciting acquisition from that standpoint. Uh, and we will see about the health and uh, yeah. what can happen from there. Yeah, uh, Velo is peaked in the 98 range, uh, 99.3 when he threw a sinker a bit. But yeah, 98, 99, um, t- tickling 100, uh, which is obviously good. And then his batting average against. Uh, last one, last thing I want to talk about before we do some news and notes and get out of here. Um, 273, that first year, that 2019 is kind of a throwaway. He was a rookie. 215, 183, 253, 216. So again, if you can keep him in the strike zone, he should still be nasty even at 95, 96, like he was last year. Again, may not be the first guy out of the shoot in the eighth inning or anything, but certainly not a guy who would hurt you if you need someone to, you know, really uh, get you out of a jam in the, let's say the fifth or sixth inning and you need a strikeout. I mean, if you give up a walk and, and things snowball, it kind of is what it is, but you can get that strikeout. This is going to be your guy. Yes. And, and, and a guy that, uh, you know, you gives you a, a little bit of an advantage there, maybe over some other teams and sure. maybe over other seasons that the twins have had uh, as just a guy that can miss bats. If you need someone to miss a bat in the middle yeah. of a game and a tight squeeze, uh, Stamont seems like a good guy above many others. I feel like we're saying his name in all caps. Is that is that how you feel too? Like scouting it? Yeah. From the rooftops? Well, we're, we're very excited that the Twins have added a player that people have heard of. No doubt if they've seen a Royals game yeah. uh, these past few years with the 
with the Twins, they they know this guy he comes in, you know, before Barlow basically in the last inning. Both those guys are gone now, so yeah, that I like Barlow too. Yeah, it was uh, that was a nice thing that the Royals had going. I mean, they you know they they were going to go fifty and one hundred and ten, but if they were ahead in the seventh inning, had a good chance. Out. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no question about it. And, um, you know, teams who were good last year and and have bits and pieces to fill can make these kinds of signings. Uh, Twins fans tick just because they're ticked all the time, but it has to do with order of operations. You know, why are you signing a reliever when you need a starter and you need a, someone to back up Byron Buxton in center? Again, it doesn't matter. Order of operations does not matter. We did the list yesterday, and the first free agent signed varied position a very need it is it just you, you kind of have to the, the dance in the off season is just kind of um you know it, it plays out in front of you and it doesn't mean you're going to get your best players first or anything like that um sometimes you got to backfill with yeah. players who are better you know just because that's how the market goes a couple news and notes before we bounce off here uh Isaiah Kiner Falefa who was a twin for the better part of 24 hours uh, signing with the blue Jays who are flush with utility players um, two years, 15 milli. Uh, that seems a little high to me. Well, um, yes. You know, if you consider and just off the top of my head, the, the, uh, the Royals signed Garrett Hampson for, I think a one-year deal for, for much less money. I don't yep. remember the, the total, but, and, you know, he's a guy, he's maybe not as good of a defensive player at shortstop as, as Kiner Falefa, but, um, you know, it does, it does seem like a lot and it does seem like a lot of um, uh, multi-positional players that the Blue Jays are adding. Now those, that, that's a fan base too, that has to, is probably worried because, you know, why are you adding these middle infield, these, uh, these multi-positional players, utility yeah. men, when, you know, the, the only kind of utility men we wanted was Shohei and Shohei yeah. didn't work out. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's everybody, every fan base faces similar type of worries. So it, it does seem like a strange addition and kind of backward, but um, like you said, there's still, there's still lots of free agents and trades to, to be made, but it seems like I can see where people are going to be underwhelmed. Two million bucks for Hampson, who had a, actually a pretty respectable year for the Marlins last year. Uh, getting guys out of Colorado, surprisingly not as bad as you'd think. I think DJ. It's a, new, it's a new market inefficiency or whatever Moneyball concept you can apply. Hey, the Coors effect isn't so much like the home runs that you hit because it was Coors Field, but mm -hmm. it's it's some kind of weird body decompression that happens when you leave Coors Field and then can't hit. It's a real thing with these with these hitters who are Rockies. They go on the road, and they do worse than they would have if they were on a different team yep. because of uh, Coors Field not being in their blood anymore. It's a it is very hard to uh, quantify, but it's. Yep. I, I asked Garrett Hampson about it. Hampson about it, and he said it's real. It's hard yep. to know exactly where it begins and where everything else ends, but you definitely feel it when you're a Rocky and you are not in Coors Field. So get those people away from there and, uh, and, and maybe they know they average out, they normal out, they normalize. Martin Maldonado's deal is announced as a $4 million salary for 2024 with an option that could vest 
for four million in twenty twenty five. I suspect that it won't as much have to do with how well Maldonado plays, but more along the lines of if Corey Lee or Edgar Cuero come along and can kind of take that spot. Uh, with that said, four million for a backup catcher. I mean, you could easily shuffle him to the background and it would be no big deal. But um, right around the kind of money he made with Houston, not a surprise there. And uh, actually, for a team like the White Sox, a pretty interesting and good signing, even if he's not going to give them anything with the bat. I do uh, worry as much as I worry about things that his defense uh, was not as good last year as it was in other years. And it's just sometimes yeah. defense, uh, the metrics will look like that over a given season. And it was kind of a, a struggle, a taffy pull for the Astros all year. But he wasn't Maldonado wasn't his normal defensive self as far as the numbers went last year. There was a big drop off. I don't know exactly why that is. I mean, that could be pitchers too. So um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes with the White Sox. And uh, like you said, they have a minor leaguer who's uh, maybe an up and comer that they got in the Giolito trade. So we'll see yeah. how soon that, that Edgar gets up to get, gets called up to the majors. If I'm not mistaken, too, uh, Corey Lee came over from the Astros. I mean, he's going to be familiar with Maldonado in some form or fashion, right? Yeah. Well, Maldonado was kind of blocking him over there. But Lee is very – he's got a great arm, and he's capable of hitting home runs. But it's like all those other things that catchers do, he sort of struggles with. So I don't, I'm not sure about pitch framing. I'm not sure about other kinds of offensive prowess. So, uh, you know, there was a reason why his – his star was limited and why he's, you know, in his mid twenties and the, the Astros really didn't give him a lot of run yeah. you know, at the major league level. So uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what it all adds up to with the White Sox. So far it's not adding up to more than what the Royals had or the Royals or, or certainly the twins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they put up with Zach Collins for a while. They've had some catching <laughs> prospects that they've tried to make things happen with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think Corey Lee is viewing it as though this guy is coming to block me again. Uh, one of my favorite stories, and I'll end with this. Um, so Garrett Jones, do you remember Garrett Jones? Uh, Garrett Jones and I were born at the same hospital in the south suburbs of Chicago. So you're darn right. I know Garrett Jones. Yeah, one of my favorite jokes is I was born in whatever city because I wanted to be close to my mother. Um, <laughs> terrible. That's, but how anyways, that's how I felt. So that's Who did Garrett Jones come up with? The, the twins. twins. No, the twins. Oh, oh, you mean that come up? But yes, he had yes. His, his comeuppance was with the Pirates, right? Yes. But he was blocked by Justin Morneau with Pittsburgh. I forgot about that, but yeah, Pittsburgh traded for Justin Morneau. Justin Morneau signs with the Rockies, and it was funny because there was a rumor that Garrett Jones was on their radar too. And I'm just thinking, Garrett Jones has to be like, how do I get away? From this Justin Morneau guy because he's he's just everywhere. Um, great guy, great broadcaster, but man, yeah, you got to feel a little snake bitten if you're Garrett Jones. Is Garrett Jones it, trying to be a broadcaster somewhere now? Because that would be think, perfect if he was. I think he follows me on Twitter. At least he did. Um, yeah. I don't like well, to check did. because uh, sometimes people stop doing that. But I, I instruct them to at the beginning of the show, so it is what it is. Um, Dave, thank you so much for hanging out. We'll be back. Uh, probably tomorrow, but um, we'll see how the schedules look. Maybe there'll be, uh, I'm going to test our, our metal here. Maybe there'll be another free agent signing for us to break down tomorrow at this time. You're asking for a lot, but let's, let's hope that uh, uh, the front office, the twins front office hears you. Well, Hey, thanks for hanging out with a little late night locked on twins. 
It was an absolute pleasure. Please give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're on. Thumbs up. Thank you, FTL Nova Kid on YouTube. Uh, hit subscribe, all that great stuff. And for now, we're signing off, and we'll see you tomorrow night.